0: Next couple weeks here, and so that's what I'm going to do. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see what God has in store, and I truly am. I'm looking forward to seeing what God has for our church in these next couple weeks, and and I'm going to continue through 1 uh, Corinthians. But um, I just wanted to share a few things. Um, a few things. I wanted to read my notes. Sorry. Um, a few things here. For so going over like this past. Several weeks, we've done uh, First Corinthians series now for 10 weeks. Um, this is the, or no, 11 weeks, and this is the 12th week. Leslie had to correct me, because we're really only in um, First Corinthians 8, but we've went for 12 weeks now. Uh, first week was seeing the gold. Main thought is if, if I see myself the way God sees me, it helps me to see the way God sees people, see people the way God sees them. Number two, unity. And um, the main thought was, if Jesus was made famous through us in our lives, what would He be known for? Week three, the power of the cross. The message of the cross is the power of God that saved us and the power of God that sustains us. It is power of God releases through us, desperate and dying world. Uh, week four, the power of wisdom. The power and wisdom of God. A life marked by God's power and wisdom is an indicator of one's love for God, dependence on God, maturity in God. Week five, God's dwelling place. We thought, uh, well, excuse me, we together are dwelling place for God. so it is Im- imperative that we guard unity. Um, number week six was deck or below deck. A correct view of ourselves and others elevates God to his rightful place without diminishing our value. And week seven through nine was one of those really tough ones. Um, What are we tolerating? What sins are we tolerating in Spirit of Life Church and and also in in church? And so um, tolerating sin of any kind leads to a lack of awareness of sin and destruction, a lack of effectiveness in reaching the word, and eventually a lack of relationship with God. Week 10 was idolatry. When our hearts turn to a person, an object or Activity to fulfill something God is de- designed to fulfill that God is designed to fill. We are at the very least in danger of the modern day idolatry. In week eleven, marriage, singleness, sex, divorce, remarriage. That was a long one. Main thought: When God is everything to you, everything else falls into place. And then this week, I'm talking about First um, Corinthians eight. And so as I was reading 1 Corinthians 8, if you read it, the opening title is, it says, Concerning Food, Sacrifice to Idols. And I was like, how in the world am I going to preach on concerning food for sacrificed idols? Anyways, so I'll share what the Lord shared with me. But the, the title of this message are, What Are You Eating? And um, this morning, as I woke up this morning, I had the song, Come, Holy Spirit, come, in my, my thinker. And as I was processing and I just started singing, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. God, I want all of you. I want all of you, God. I want all of you, God. And um, I just don't want to put my toe, my big toe, into the river of God. I just don't want to dabble in it. But I want the fullness of what God has for me for our church, for us as Christians, I want the fullness, and the only way to get the fullness is sometimes when we're, you know, when we're in the, we're going swimming, and those who put their toe in, a lot of times are like, yep, nope, I'm not going in that pool. It's too cold. But sometimes the best way to get in is just jump right in, and you get the fullness of that cold, nice, refreshing pool, and that's a. Good analogy, unless you don't like cold, and then you're like, "That's a horrible analogy, Bo." But, but to me, it was a really good one because I don't mind the cold, and I don't mind like getting. I I don't like hot, and so like today would be a perfect day to jump in a really cold pool because it's supposed to be almost 100 degrees. And um, so, anyways, I just was like, God, I want the fullness of what you have for us. I don't want just a mediocre. I just don't want a, a little bit, but I want the fullness of you. And so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 8, and then I'm going to dive into it, and then maybe you'll see why, at first, I was like, "What in the world are we am I going to talk about?" But now about food sacrifice to idols. This is 1 Corinthians 8: it's 1 through13. We know that we possess all knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think um, excuse me, those who, those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whatever love God or but whoever loves God is known by God. So sorry, I'm gonna flip this up. <clears throat> so then, about eating sacrificed or food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing. <sighs> I'm getting really frustrated myself, sorry. I You know, a few weeks ago or months ago, I talked about reading comprehension, and I hate, I hate it when it starts coming back, and I start reading, and this happens. And I, oh, anyways, I'm going to keep on pressing forward, so deal with me, please, this morning. An idol idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, indeed, there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us there is but one God, one Father, for whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses the knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a God. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled but food does not bring us near to God. For we are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that you exercise your right for doing right does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in the idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols. So the weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When your sin against them is in this way and wound the weak and conscious, you, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again. So I will, I will not cause them to fall. So I read that verse. I said, God, what do you want to share? God, what do you want to say? I don't, food to, a, to an idol, like I, I, we don't, we don't sacrifice to idols anymore, or not to idols to God in that regards. And so what are we, what are you saying here? God, what are you saying through this scripture verse? And there was two things that struck out and jumped out to me. And, and the first one is actually at the bottom. And it says this. Do not cause your brother to stumble. Is the first point. 1 Corinthians 8, 9 through 12. Be careful, however, that you exercise your rights. Do not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone who is weak conscious sees you with all your knowledge eating in the idol's temple, won't that person be... Emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols, so the weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wounded wounded their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. And I started just thinking about different things in our church, not just in our church, but in America. What are we what are we doing? What are some things that that are causing our, our brothers and sisters to stumble. And there's a lot of different things that I feel like there's some things that we, we can focus around and we can say, okay, these are different things. But I was like, I know there's somewhere else in the Bible that talks about this. And that's found in Romans 14, 1-3. It says, as for those who are weak in faith, welcome Him but not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. God welcomes him. Well, when I was reading this this morning, the first part that jumped out to me was the weak person only eats vegetables. So if you're eating vegetables, you must be weak. That's why I'm a meat eater. I love my meat. Um, so thank Nye for raising, you know, cattle. I don't really think that that's really what it means, but that's what jumped out to me. And I'm like, man, um, I love food and I love eating food, but I think what the, the Bible is saying here is not causing the weaker person to stumble. What is God saying in this Scripture verse and the Scripture verse I said before? See, to me, there's a, some areas that are gray. And some of you who are black and white will say, no, the Bible is very black and white and everything is black and white no matter what. And those who see gray will be like, yes, I know that there's gray. And so therefore, there's some gray areas, yes. And I'm going to live by grace and do whatever I want. I don't think that's what it's saying here. But I do believe that there's areas that are gray. One, just to talk about a few, you never drink alcohol because it's a sin. Nowhere in Scripture can I find, and somebody can correct me, please, but nowhere can I find in Scripture where it says it's a sin to drink. It says it's a sin to get drunk. But if it causes your brother to stumble, therefore... It becomes a sin. How about this one? You can only you can't listen to secular music because it's of the devil. There's a lot of a lot of great musicians out there that don't sign with Christian artists. What makes it a Christian? Because you can find it in the Christian bookstore. Does that make it Christian? can't watch rated R movies because they're all sinful do you know the Bible if you ask me my opinion is rated R and then some because of the blood and the guts, the goriness all the weird other sexual stuff that happens but when we read it and understand it, there's something that happens. And I'm not, I'm not making excuses to say, hey, go out and do these things. That's not what I'm saying. Understand my heart behind it. Or when we look at Kelly and be like, Kelly's a sinner because he's got tattoos. So is Matt up there. So am I. I throw myself under that bus. The problem is, is some people, should never never drink some people should never ever listen to secular music some people should never watch rated r movies some people should never get tattoos some people should never play with cards that's an old one playing cards is a sin some people should never dance Anyways, so the thing that I'm trying to say is that so often we put what God has talked to us about and we put it on somebody else and said, oh, you can't do that because that's wrong. You can't can't do that because if you do that, then that's going to happen. But the thing is, is I'm reading this. The Lord has stirred in my heart that says, what are you going to? Why shouldn't someone never drink? Because that's what they go to instead of going to God. Or listen to secular music, whatever it may be, A, B, C, or D. Because that becomes their first priority. How about this one? What oil are you using? Oh, I use thieves today. People go to the oil instead of going to God. Well, I'm just going to use a little bit of whatever. It may be lavender because I'm tired or whatever. I get all that. That's fine. But what I'm saying is instead of going to God, they go to the thing. And God is truly the only thing, person, that will set you free and allow that to happen. Because I can't look at you and say, hey, you know what? You've had a drink, therefore you're a sinner, therefore you're not really part of God's family or therefore you have tattoos or you have whatever I want you to understand that that our heart should be to be able to see what God is saying to us it says in in um, I jumped past it no I didn't so it says here and I didn't put it up there I don't think therefore my brothers my beloved as you have also always obeyed, so not not only in my, my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. It doesn't say work out your, your salvation for Bill. He told me I can call him out today, so I called him out. So it's not I'm going to work out for Bill. Man, I tell you, the only way to get to Jesus or the only way to get to God and to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But these areas, I've got to say, God, what are you saying to me? Because I want to align myself up to what you have in store for me. Yes, I can read and there's multiple things that apply to everyone. But at the same time, I've got to understand that I can't say what God told me I can't do, I can't put it on Bruce and say, you can't do that either. But I also got to understand if it causes Bruce to stumble, I can't do it. Because I don't want to cause him to stumble. It's important to look at the fruit of people. People. You can tell it's an apple tree by what? It's fruit. Now, if you're, you're not that you're smart, that's not the right word, but I'm going to say it this way anyways. If you're smart enough, you look at the fruit and say, oh, that's an apple tree. But you can look at the leaves, and the leaves would tell you it's an apple tree too. But somebody that doesn't know, for example, I don't know the difference between an apple tree leaf and a peach tree leaf, so I can use myself. But if I look and say, oh, that's a peach tree, but really it's an apple tree, it's not. It's still an apple tree. Because I look at what the fruit, what the fruit is coming out of that person, what the fruit is coming out of that tree. What kind of fruit are you producing in all of this? Are you just producing whatever? Because I'm going to live and by, by grace, and grace is going to fulfill everything, so I can live whatever, however, what I want to live, whatever way I want to live, do whatever I want to do. Or I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to cause my weaker brother to stumble. I'm going to live a life that's holy and pleasing to you, God. It says in verse 9, in 1 Corinthians 8, it says, be careful, however, that you exercise your right. And so... Once again, it says, be careful, however, that you exercise your rights. Do not become a stumbling block to the weak. That's your right. In Galatians 5.13, it says this, For you were called to freedom. You were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love and serve one another because I want to serve and love each person I want to love you and serve you and do what God's called me to do and that's my second point or second part is this It's found in 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Yes, I understand I went back, and now I'm jumping forward. But first you've got to know the problem. Then you look at this. Now, about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought. But whoever loves God is known by God. But knowledge puffs up. Too often, we will say, oh, you can't do that. The Bible says you can't, so we can't. The problem is we allow our knowledge to get in the way of how we view people and we don't love them. we don't love them see love love speaks truth but also love comes alongside and that's something that god has been doing in my life over the last several years is three things if you would ask me, Bo, what are, what are the top things that God has told you? This, love God, love people, and make disciples. Because if I can love God, I can love other people. And then I can make the disciples. Because disciples are disciplined people. But I've got to love God first. And I've got to love Him with my whole heart. And then I've got to love people. See, Teddy Roosevelt said this, and many other people have coined the phrase, but it says, people won't care how much you know until they care or know how much you care. People can care less what you know. That's why knowledge puffs up. But people really want to, really want to know how much you love them. How much you care for them. How much you long to be with them. So if we love God first with all of our heart, then we can love people. And when we love people well, we can disciple well. What is love? I don't want to get in the full chapter, at least I might not. I'll see later. But chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, it says that without love, we're nothing but a resounding or gong or clanging cymbal. Without love. Do we really love God the way that He wants us to love Him? Do we really love others the way that He wants us to love them? So we can hold each other accountable. And there's several people in this room that have said, Hey, Bo, can you hold me accountable to these things? And I do. I text them. I call them every week. hey, are you doing this? Hey, are you doing this? You're not. Well, you need to get your act together. But when it comes to people outside these doors, we have to love them well. And we have to love each other well. The verse that goes along with 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3, is this. It's found in 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak in the world to shame the strong. Why? Because we can find out in Matthew eleven twenty-five. it says, And, and that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you hid in these things, from the wise understanding revealed to them to little children. Why? Because little children haven't had the experience in life to bring them to a place to say thir- certain things. For example, how many of you as kids or maybe um, maybe you had ha- or have kids or had had kids? that say, I have, a, have an imaginary friend. How many of you have said that you don't have an imaginary friend? That's not real. I believe, not that I'm not saying that they're, they're making it up exactly, but I believe that there are times where there's an imaginary friend is not really an imaginary friend, but it's an angel standing next to them. Kira had an imaginary friend for a long time. I forget the name, to be honest with you. But the thing is, it's like, what if, what if we, she was entertaining angels without even knowing it? What if there was an angel in our house? Because I do believe that there was angels in our house. I believe God gives us angels to walk alongside of us to help us, to hem in the front and the side and the back of us. So what if for, for a very short time before other experiences in life told her it wasn't real, what if it was really real? And then we get older and we say, oh, that's just an imaginary friend. There's nothing there. What about dreams? I believe God speaks through dreams just as much as he speaks any other way. But yet we say, oh, that's the food I ate. Or when when they're kids, helping them develop how God speaks to them through dreams. What is God saying to you in that? Oh, that's just, don't worry about your dreams. It's not that big of a deal. No, it is a big deal because you're teaching them to listen to the voice of God or not. Now, is there times that it's just the pepperoni pizza you ate the night before? Absolutely. But taking them and teaching them how to interpret what God is saying to them as a young child. Because when we get to the age we are now, we have so many life experiences that have cut us off from so many different things. For example, when you have a baby. When I was a baby, I could have, they could have traded me at birth, and I would have never known the difference who was my parents or who wasn't my parents. I would have loved those people if I was traded. I would love my mom and dad the way I love my mom and dad because they're my mom and dad. But if I was traded at birth, which as far as I know I wasn't, but if I was... I would still love that couple, that mom and dad, as much as I could. Why? Because we were designed to love. And what is true love at its truest point? That's found in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and I will share some of it but in verse 5 it says this, it keeps no record of wrong how many of us have a list of the people that hurt us with all the record that they've done to us well I can't I can forgive them, but I can't forget. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that stupid saying, I can forgive but I can't forget. Well, if we really truly love like God loves, keeps no record of wrong. I'm not perfect at it. nowhere near it. But man, I want to be more like Jesus. Kelly, if you want to get ready? I want to be more like Jesus. One of the three things that Jonathan talked about several weeks ago, help me if I... I, there There was pride, gossip, and unforgiveness, right? So those three things. Unforgiveness right here. Love keeps no record of wrong. But that person did that to me. If you want to love like God loves, and if they've asked forgiveness, then you move on. But they hurt me. If you want to love like God loves, you've got to move on. But they did this too. does it matter. If you want to love like God loves, you move on. Why? Because we have to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And then we have to love people. And that is so hard to do because the enemy is out to rob, steal, and destroy us. And my heart breaks because we say we love God, but we're keeping tallies of what happened to us through other people. but God wants you to forgive them. God wants you to move on. I long to love God, that he may move in ways that I've only dreamt of. I really don't care. My sister's just started dating a a new guy or a guy. I shouldn't say new, but new guy. Um, And one question I've always asked my sister, she's dated a couple, three, I think three people since in the last eight years, nine years. And I've always said, first question on my mouth, do they love Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus? She's always shot me down, told me to mind my own business because that's not what it's about. Every time, she brought, and I say every time. There's only been three times, three other times. I've asked the same question: Do they love Jesus? Do they have a personal walk with Jesus? She told me to shut up many times, and I've asked it many, many times. About a month ago, she calls me, Bo. I'm seeing a new guy. and I want you to know, I want you to call him and you can ask him anything you want. It almost hit the floor. I said, what? She was. I'm giving you, I'm texting you his number, I want you to call him and I want you to ask him anything he wants. And I looked at Linda and I'm like, is she kidding me? And she says, no, because it's the first time, first time, that she's ever felt really loved and she cherishes what you believe. I wasn't gonna push my sister away because she doesn't she wasn't dating somebody that doesn't love God. But that's the most important thing, and the most important decision that we can make is to love Him with our whole heart. And if we truly love him with our whole heart, we're speak truth to people, but we're doing it in love. I would have never been able to have that opportunity to be able to speak to my sister, and let me tell you, there was healing that happened. There was healing that happened because I didn't. Get, I I wanted her to know that I loved her so much that I want to see her succeed in life. And the only way to succeed in life is when you get married, that that person loves God. Because if you only have that to hold on to, then it will be successful. Because sometimes you have to claw and you have to do whatever it takes to hold on to it. But really, when we focus our energy not on the person next to us, but focus our energy on God, the Father, there's a love that starts to shift inside of our heart and our lives. And that love far outweighs anything. But the world has it so messed up with what love's all about. So messed up but yet we've given the world the authority to speak into our lives when we should be the ones speaking into their lives. Love keeps no record of wrong. There's many other things that go into 1 Corinthians 13, but that's in several weeks ahead. But I thought that that was important to be able to share, to be able to understand that love, when you truly love God with all of your heart, you understand that there's something that happens. You see people differently. God starts to break your heart for what breaks His heart. And let me tell you what breaks His heart his people when we don't when we decide to do what we want to do instead of doing what he's called us to do God wants to heal people this morning God wants to show you how much he loves you how much he cares for you how much he longs for you God wants to pour himself out upon you. What does that mean? He just wants to show you and care for you. And when you say, God, you're my everything, God starts to do things in your life. And let me tell you, these last six months have been an amazing ride that I've been on. And I'm looking forward to more time with God. God's done things inside of me that are far, that I can't even explain and can't even share yet. Because I've focused, my focus has not been, okay, this is what you can do there. It's what God can do here and search my heart and know me, God, know me. Because really, I'm the only one that can change me. I can't change Linda, I can't change anybody else, but I can change myself and i can change the way that i view people and i can change the way that i love people because true love will stand through thick and thin i'm going to mourn with those who mourn and i'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice but all of this I'm going to do it and I'm going to walk Come and walk aside of you even if you're my weaker brother and I'm going to walk and say let's go let's make disciples together let's love on each other like God loves because I want to walk this path that God has set before me and that's next week running the race that God has set before us And I'm excited where God has taken us at Spirit of Life Church. There are things that God wants to do. But I tell you, we've got to know how to love people well. Myself and each one of us. In closing, I'm going to have you all stand.